everybody. Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and I am joined with somebody that I extremely admire. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Mai. I'm really excited to have you on. I'm excited to have everybody for a night time. Of course, it's daytime for you, Mai. Um, and yeah, it is. Good, good to see you. I know somebody else. So we've got a lot of new people, um, and that's one thing about Design Recharge. It is always live. So and if you guys have questions, you can always type them in the chat and I'll make sure to get them answered. So let me give you a little brief about Mai. She has an incredible story. She's an entrepreneur. She's super driven. She doesn't let things stop her, but she hasn't always had it super easy. So we're going to dig into that part of her story for sure. Um, the other thing is she's wicked talented on the lettering and illustration. Um, I'm going to show you some of our work in a little bit. and. She also is a mom and she's juggled living um, in another country and then having clients in all over the world, to be honest. And then she started really in the scrapbook industry. And so we're going to kind of start with that story. So I think it's an incredible story and really how freelance or just really you doing your own work, sharing it, it being part of a community. Um, and then you had twin girls, and then you uh, seven years later, I believe there's a seven-year difference. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Yeah, about seven years. Seven years uh, difference, and then you you um, got pregnant and you ha had your son. So kind of um, share what kind of start the story there. If you and were you already getting work in the scrapbook industry at that point? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before I, I was a lettering artist, I am a digital scrapbook designer, so I release products on a weekly basis, and I sell them online. I started in scrapbooking in 2009, actually. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good good early part. Were you scrapbooking earlier before? Were you a designer, or did you just pick up skills, um, or...? I started because I saw a friend online who posted her scrapbook work for her family. So I, I, I said, I like doing that kind of thing too. It's, you know, documenting the, the memories and all the things for the children. So I, I dabbled into scrapbooking, taught myself Photoshop and creating layouts. But a few months after, I just, I just kind of spending a lot from school buying scrapbook products so I thought maybe I could design things myself and that's when I dabbled into designing um, pattern papers and embellishments and in in 2009 I got a break and I was allowed to sell in a store <laughs> so it started there and then after that I only used a few products from other designers most of the products that I used were myself you were making a so were you were you always entrepreneurial? Uh, yeah, because I grew up in a family business, so we have a bakery, so that kind of helped me a lot. Okay, so it wasn't like it was completely new to you, but breaking into a new industry, how long had they really the scrapbook industry had digital products for sale? How many years do you do you know? It depends really on the designer. So we, we evolve over, over time and over the years. So if you feel like your designs no longer matches your current style, some designers just take them out 
um, the store and they they do some retirement sales things like that mm -hmm. but other than that there's really no rule on as to how long it'll be there <laughs> but so when it, when you started in 2009 how long had people been selling their products online not um uh, i've known some has been selling for like years more more than five years or so but so it's still you were kind of, in the yeah. beginning yeah maybe yeah okay so yeah. so were you doing any lettering at that time or was it just really patterns and layouts and things at the time that it was just more patterns and um, embellishments not particularly lettering but more mm -hmm. writing so mm -hmm. people love handwritten phrases before so <laughs> that's, that's the closest thing I would have to hand lettering okay all right so tell us about what happened so you're putting products out you're doing one a week or one a month so your girls are seven or six i guess or how old were they yeah they were they were five they okay. were five when i started the scrapbooking and then i was put, putting products on a weekly basis i have a couple of stores before i have four so i i i, I released I have to release one product for each store and they need to be different products so oh, typically wow. because of the exclusivity so it kind of also helped us financially because i was earning dollars compared to the philippine pet so that was a big help in terms of um financial so, so. you were doing stores you were selling <laughs> in stores in the united states yeah so I was how did you online those, stores how did you make those connections with those my dog is making some noise, noise. I'm sorry. I don't know if you can hear it or not. No, no. Okay. So <laughs> how did you make those first connections with those stores, those online stores? I was pretty much active in the community. So I joined forums. Forums was a big thing then. So mm -hmm. I have a lot of forums and I'm very active there. So a lot of people kind of know me in the forums. And then when, when I started releasing products, because during in the forums you'll know who the store owner is and right. if they see you kind of producing more products they would eventually allow you to sell in the store and that's what happened to me and after that I just applied simply applied to other stores that are more known in the industry so and some of them accepted me some of them of course declined me and that's okay I just applied to whoever accepted me at the time right <laughs> the most important thing to me is I'm still able to sell my products and that's the best thing that could ever happen I just don't think of the other things anymore I'll just focus on whatever it is that I can do so one that's one thing I love about you so sometimes I think people get so focused on what people didn't like or why couldn't I get into this and it could have just been that it was the wrong timing or it just wasn't the right fit and instead yeah. you just said I'm gonna just try to somebody else so I feel like sometimes it's an inner battle for some people and so I feel like you just didn't let that ha let that affect you you said okay well I'm gonna go somewhere else and I'm gonna try to the, for the yeah. next person Okay. I, I, I give myself, you know, the grace and I allow myself to get upset also and get hurt. Mm -hmm. And it's totally normal. I think those are valid emotions. It's just that you just have to get up after that. Mm -hmm. you, you cannot, you know, stay in that negative state for a long time. You have to get up and somehow usually I, I'd be okay a day or two. So 
let's move on and right. find something else better to do. <laughs> that's so much when you guys hear the rest of her story. That's so much uh, your uh, mantra, I think. You know, that's like how you get through life. So paint the picture for us. So you're doing how many products per month do you think you're making when your girls are, uh, when you're pregnant with your, your son? I was doing about... Uh, oh, when I was pregnant with Alphonse, I was already exclusive in one store. So okay. I'm just doing, I'm just doing, uh, it's one product, but the product has multiple subsets like papers, embellishments, and then there are smears, and then there are stamps, those uh, different kinds of things. So for one product, I would have eight sub products. So okay. that's about that, what I, I do for a month. And then I bundle them. So I sell them separately and then there's a bundle that I get to sold at a cheaper price so that's how it goes during so, the time okay so that that kind of paints the picture so you're oh my mom's able to watch hey mom um so you're <laughs> able to kind of um supplement your family's income you're pregnant you have twin girls that are mm -hmm. almost seven if if not seven already and then you're pregnant and then tell us kind of what happens um, either right before you get, have your son or after. Can you kind oh, of after? Ah, yeah, after. Okay. Yes, uh, the story that the, this is the story that I love sharing because it's kind of special to me and it's very close to my heart. So, yeah. Um, in 2012, when I was designing for scrapbooking, I I got pregnant with Alphonse. Um, and then we were all excited because we know we're having a boy. So after twin, daughter, twin daughters, uh, we're going to have a boy. And my husband, the children, the kids, the girls, and my family are all just excited. So came December, I gave birth to him. And, and where were but, you? Were you in? I was already in Manila at the time. Okay. Yes. Uh, I, I, I didn't want to give birth to Singapore because it, the cost is... Um, it's more expensive compared to the Philippines. So we decided to just go home and give birth there. Mm -hmm. So we did. And then uh, what we did not expect, expect was our lives are going to change forever. So I, because I did not take any amniocentesis or something like other, you know, the, the test. test. Right, right. All the tests. I declined all of them except for ultrasound. So... And apart from being in the recovery room, I never saw my son. So I saw him the first time in the recovery room, then never after that. None. That's odd, right? That's odd, but I did not really suspect anything. They, 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 just, they were just telling me that um, we're still testing him and blah, blah, blah. So I just let them um, do the testings. And then the following day, it was the following day, that a couple of doctors, imagine, <laughs> typically you will just have the OB or the pedia coming to your uh, room. And I have about four doctors at the time. I have about four doctors and they, they were there. They told me that my son has Down syndrome. And so it did not just end there. And that he has congenital, congenital heart disease and he would need surgery, surgery within the next uh, 30 days. So you can imagine me in a hospital bed. I just gave birth 
exhausted and receiving that news, it was really, really devastating. And this, and this, this uh, surgery is very costly. In the Philippines, it is. For, for, um, we were asked to prepare 1 million pesos. So that's about $25,000. That's a lot of money. So it's a lot of money. Uh, it's a lot of money. And in the Philippines, we don't have medical medical what yeah medical insurance or something and my husband is already talking about selling the house selling the car selling everything that he probably has and i just told him could you just stop for a while and you know let me think just let me think i, I don't want to deal with things so harsh i want myself to you know i want me to calm down first and and think because I had to cry I had to let it all out and I just let it all out until I get exhausted and I can't cry anymore you know know what I mean I can't bring myself to cry anymore and when I stopped that's when I started thinking so I you know this is kind of how I'm wired after all of it I just let it out and then this is the part where I need to think I need to think and I know since I'm in the online business, um, I figured I could sell some of my services, such as uh, the website. I, I design websites at the time too, so I could design websites. And I know that I have um, scrapbook products, so I would sell my scrapbook products. And <clears throat> I also talked to my store manager at the time, store owner at the time, and I told her that, oh, oh Jen, I won't be able to um, design for the store for a while. Because uh, I, I told her what happened and about my son and that, but I need to put my store on sale because I needed the money. So that's what I told her. And she agreed. And, and then I wrote a blog post. It was a lengthy <laughs> blog post informing my customers about our situation and um, why I'm putting my store on sale and that, and all, I listed all the services that they could potentially hire me to do. And then something magical just happened. You know, a lot of them responded positively. If they could just send me the money directly because they don't want me. I just gave birth and they don't want me working right. just to earn the and, and save for the surgery. So they asked for my PayPal address and I just gave it to them so, because they were asking nicely. And I don't really want to be pushy on asking for donations and such. So I never did it the first in the first place. But when people ask, and then I gave it, I, I just gave it. And then there was this um, um, a fellow designer of mine. Her name's also Diane. <laughs> She's also Diane, and she told me if I could start a crowdfunding. It was Indiegogo at the time, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know about anything about it. So I said I'll check it out, and maybe I'll try it. And I did. I put up a website for Indiegogo and I started sharing the links and yeah. But you you had a really good following. You were really invested in the community, in the scrapbooking community at that time. Yeah. So yes. you, you had a blog, people were following. So that mm -hmm. made a big difference. But it was also that you were consistent in all those many years of you doing yes. really twelve. I think it really people um it was it was you they wanted to help you because you yes, saw this yes. so tell them the rest of the story yeah. 
All right. So, after, after that Indiegogo campaign, my store owner, she told me that, hey, Mai, I'm going to put a charity kit and I will give the proceeds to your son. And she'll, she'll be inviting designers to participate and collaborate. And I believe we got over 200 designers contribute to the kit. And there were hundreds of papers and embellishments in that product. It was so big. It was a mega, mega scrapbook kit at the, at the time. And the news spread like wildfire in the scrapbook community. I was getting tons of messages of support. And some, some other designers even put up a kit of their own. And even store owners, they put up a kit and collaboration on their own. And they sold the products and gave us the sales for, the, for, for those kits. That was really, um, you know, heartwarming. So, and I, 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 that's why I will be forever thankful to the digital scrapbook com community for the help that, you know, they, they gave for, for our family. And at the end of the campaign, yeah. Did your husband have any idea how connected you were with so many people or did he just think oh this is just something nice that my wife does and makes a little no, bit of money he has no idea yeah. okay. i told him what i was doing and i was giving him updates and it's like oh my god it's crazy yeah. and then when he saw that there were that the support are pouring in it was the first time he told me you know this is the first time i have appreciated your job <laughs> He thought I was just working online and that I'm just bringing in, mo in money because he's not monitoring my sales. He's not even holding my money. It's, everything is with me. So I budget for, for everything in the house and even his salary. So he doesn't know anything about it. So he, he, he just knows that I'm working online, but all about the expenses and the receivables and the income that I'm getting from it. He doesn't know about it anymore. <laughs> Right. So he wasn't even involved. He didn't, um, I mean, you have twin daughters. He just is thankful, but he didn't really know where it was all coming from. He knew you were working, but it wasn't tangible until this happened. Right? Yeah. But he was, he, 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 he and the, the, the girls, they already moved back to Singapore because the girls are going to have to start primary school at the time. So he was with my mother-in-law. Thankfully, my mother-in-law was allowed an extended stay. <laughs> so they were, they were the ones taking care of the girls. And it's the first time I have to leave the girls mm. with him. So it was very challenging for him with a new job in a new country. And then two daughters studying at a new school. It was a lot for all of us to take. <laughs> right. But yeah, we adjusted so well. <laughs> so thankfully, it... Um, it all went well and you know the the funny thing is at the end of the campaign we raised about eleven thousand eight hundred on the crowdfunding and then my shop sold five thousand dollars worth of product and then the charity kit it sold about seven thousand dollars plus the direct deposits the paypal transfers and all the other sales we were given as beneficiary we were able to raise $25,000 and Alphonse was able to get his surgery on February 14th, 2013. So he, he's kind of our Valentine gift. <laughs> For sure. So in all of that, in 30 days, you were able to raise the money 
you they went back they started i mean it gives me chills i don't know if you guys are feeling the um chills. Like, i mean i've got them all down my legs but to me that is the power of community for sure but it's also the the um it's a testament to how you are and who you are and who you are within that community and how involved um, people felt people wanted to rally behind you and, and Alphonse, right. Um, to get yeah. him. <laughs> there was a lot of help. So, so, so kind of give them the best, the rest of that kind of story. So he goes through the surgery. He has to have a couple more surgeries, right. Or is that after it? that? No, he did not get in. He, he was supposed to have, because he has, he was born with, not just congenital heart disease. He also had retractile testes and then profound hearing loss. Mm. That was another blow. But I kind of known it ever since the day that I brought him home because I brought him home on a New Year's Eve and there were fireworks all over the place and he's not responding. So I know something is wrong. A mother can, you know. Right. A mother knows. Just know. So after that, we got a lot of testing. And in Singapore, he was supposed to have uh, another surgery for the ears. But it did not happen because the probe just won't fit inside his ears. So he, we were given the option to have um, hearing aids, but he doesn't like it. He has sensory processing disorders. <laughs> so many other things that we had to, to get adjusted and so, so one of the things that when you told me this, uh, I can even remember when we met in the summer sometime. I think <laughs> yes, met, right? summer. Um, you said for you, this was really, um, it, it, this was a hard process for you. I mean, it's, it would be hard for any mom, but you're an entrepreneur. So you couldn't communicate with your son like you could with your daughters. And yeah. um, there, there were so many, because of the auditory, I think, right? So, mm -hmm. To some extent. Um, but what were, because you really had to put some things on hold. And I feel like in, in that time, because you couldn't work, definitely couldn't work the same yeah. hours. And you, you were expecting, like, he'll be sleeping. I'll be able to, to work while he's sleeping. And that, did, that didn't that didn't happen after after he was born everything literally just stopped and uh, before i was able to work until 4 a.m in the morning you know just designing scrap of products and when he was born i cannot even face a computer mm, right i i just can't do anything and because he has hypotonia so it's low muscle tone so a child born with Down syndrome has low muscle tone and he, he simply just can't move his hands. He cannot move his, his neck. So I, he needs help with everything, like literally. And I have to stop everything just to be able to give him the best that I can and provide what he needs. So I would bring him to multiple therapies and then, <clears throat> and then uh, multiple doctor appointments. So he had, he had, cardiologist he had right. um, the ENT doctor mm -hmm. and then he has pediatrician uh, the, the pediatrician is more kind of the specialist for his development and such and so many other other things that we have to consider for him and I can't do anything at all I can't it, do anything at all it really hurt uh, for you it, it, it 
Yes. Right. For it someone was really hard, hard for you because that was part of your identity was this other yes this other things and being creative. So mm -hmm. I can imagine this would be really, um, man. It, it's you have all these other responsibilities. You want to be the best mom you possibly can be, mm -hmm. but it's also just like and and you told me before that there was also you weren't able to spend time with your daughters like you wanted. And yeah, yeah. Just, the whole family had to kind of. It was a. a a shock to the whole family yes yes because Alphonse needs a lot of time and my daughters are used to having me around you know and there was this big wall between us because I just can't seem to focus on them I have to focus on Alphonse and they just felt like I'm ignoring them but I'm, but I'm not, and I was, I was able to explain it to them, and it was hard for everybody. It was um, a very difficult time, really, and the, the worst part of it was, yeah, like you mentioned, I was losing myself. Mm -hmm. I'm losing my identity because I cannot work, and I can't do anything creative, and that was me, so right. <laughs> that, me. So that was uh, the very challenging part of it all. So you kind of have to... Um, let part of uh, die inside to some extent yeah and just hope that there would be and that's one thing i love about your story is that you don't give up you're like <laughs> and it gets to a point so at what point how old was he when you got to move back and live with the girls and your husband he was about two we moved um because in singapore you you yeah we were just renting places so we moved to a new place in 2014, 2014, yeah, 2014, we moved to another um, block, and then he was two. And during that time, Alphonse loves to take his naps during the day, and he would nap for like two to four hours in a day. Wow, two to four hours. But the thing is, he doesn't want me. I still cannot work because he, when when he's napping, he wants me to be by his side. He doesn't want me to to leave him there. So it, the the I I don't know what traumatized him. I guess it was the the surgery with me leaving him to the nurse, and he saw him. He saw me go away, and I don't know if that has it it if it contributed to that. But he just doesn't want me to leave by his to leave his side. So. Even though he's napping for like two to four hours in a day, I still can't do anything computer related. And all I have to do is watch TV. <laughs> watch TV for the rest of those hours. And it felt like, you know, I'm losing myself and all of these negative emotions, they are slowly eating me up inside. But I was aware. I'm really aware of what was really happening. And I know that I have to do something because if not, I, it will drive me insane. <laughs> so then so, what, and, and so you're still, until he's two, you're still alone with him. Yes, I'm still alone with him in a foreign okay. country. No one with me yet. So, so then I just, and this is when you found lettering, right? When you started. Yes. Okay. So kind of. Because I can't. I can't do I can't do anything else so I just grab a pen and paper and I just started lettering I mean I've been doing lettering since I was young and since I was 10 but I didn't know that it will be my healing it will become my healing so that 
uh, when I started um, drawing letters, it was fun. And it feels like I'm getting back to my old self again. Mm-hmm. And that um, I was sharing my work on Instagram and people are liking it. And the happiness that I was able to share, mm-hmm. it brings me the same kind of joy to know that people are appreciating my work. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. I really, really loved doing it. Then it continued for about, I uh, started with letters, just letters. So, And then after that, I thought I draw words and then pieces. So it kind of evolved gradually. That's yep. why it's, it's also the thing that I teach. Mm-hmm. Start with letters, words, and then eventually grow. So I want to just read some of the, the clients that you've, you've had. Uh, just, yes. This is your, from your website, right? It's just selected clients. Faber-Castell, right? Don't we all use those pens and those brush marks? <laughs> um, Pinterest. I believe you guys have heard of them. Um, working, not working. Workman Publishing. That's where you've done some books for them, right? Um, covers, calendars covers. mostly. Okay. Oh, yeah. So then Hinkler Books, Skyhorse Publishing, Forte Creative. I don't know how to Yeah, that. that's the French uh, edition of my Mastering and Lettering book. Okay. Uh, if you're in the craft industry, you know American Crafts for sure. Project Life, you probably know as well. Yeah. Editions by Marie Claire, and then Mini Lou Kids and Overapp. I mean, talk about incredible uh, client list, and this is just a small portion. Um, uh, so to me... This is incredible, right? But it just started because you were, I don't know, would you, I don't know if you would have gone back to lettering had he just been a normal baby, right? Yeah, (laughs) I was thinking about that too. So when people tell me that um, he's your lucky charm, I just say, yeah, because probably if not for him, I would never have rediscovered hand lettering again. I would just Mm -hmm. be stuck with designing scrapbooking. Not that it's, it's not that bad, really, but it's just that <laughs> it's not bad because it was my, my I, I am making a living from that for right. a long time. Right. But it's just that I rediscovered something that I'm more passionate about and that I am happier. Mm-hmm. So it was, for me, that was powerful. For sure. Okay. So, so I want to make sure people have, can see some of your work. So I'm going to actually share my screen <laughs> and I am going to wait I had those open let me pull it like that will it let hang on let me see I gotta I might have to just share my screen but let's see my whole screen I know you guys are like that's what you said you were going to share there we go (laughs) okay so so this is just some and this is more maybe recent work yeah that was for the book this one okay so tell them about your book and then we're going to get more into questions, but I just wanted you guys to, I mean, to me, this is an incredible story uh, and that you've had these big clients and and we're going to get into that in a second, but um, tell them about the book. The book, the book was, the book also has a funny story. I was approached to create um, two chapters of a book for another publisher. And then um, I told, I I told them no. (laughs) I told them no, because I had plans of having my own book in the future. Mm-hmm. So I said, I can't do any uh, another hand lettering book because I want to do mine. Mm-hmm. So they, they just, probably they like the work that I do. So they said, what about you do these chapters 
for us and then we'll talk about your book after. And I thought it was a scam. <laughs> I mean, who gets to turn down a job and then get a new job after, right? right. It, it, it sounded really weird to me, but it was true. <laughs> Turned out it was real. So after working on the two chapters for another book in, a, in an Australia, with an Australian publisher, um, I got an email from, from my contact, the editor, and we started drafting the contract and then it has gotten real. <laughs> it just got real and everything, everything is going so fast. Typically a book, uh, someone needs at least eight months to a year to finish one. I was given four months. And then well, you can I do would... that because you, you, you have an amazing <laughs> ability. So, so uh, with Alphonse, you were able to start working on a more regular basis, but you had to get help for that, right? You yeah. Had, okay. So, so I, it wasn't like she was, uh, when he was sleeping, yeah. he's still on the couch, right? And she's doing this work. So she's, has been able, cause how old is he now? Now he is five, but when I was starting out, I, it was really the, the, the thing that kept us, you know, I had a client. My first client was Minnie Lou Kids, mm -hmm. and if you use, if you can see the little the this one, yeah, that one, the little alphabet book of hand lettered type. That was my very first hand lettering project, and it's a coloring book for children. Mm -hmm. I did that for four months, and it was just you know a very very thin <laughs> coloring book for children. I did that for four months, and I. I did that during that two to four hour window that Alphonse is taking a nap because I don't have any help at the time. Mm. But after that project, we realized that uh, we realized that um, clients are coming in mm -hmm. and that I'm getting more projects and I'm just you know distributing them in the pipeline. And my husband and I decided to get help. Mm -hmm. to get help and in Singapore you can hire foreign domestic worker mm -hmm. and we hired someone who would help me take care of the kids and around the house so like cooking laundry and such so I could work longer hours and that's what happened so after that two years after that I got the book deal and we had helper at the time so I was able to work until like 4 a.m. again <laughs> when I was when I was doing the because I was just given four months and I have to start in January to, to April or May something like that we were negotiating if we can push it until June but they said no because the release is going to be in October so we had to send it for printing and right. things like that so I was given January until April but then I was traveling to Japan in March of that year <laughs> For two weeks and we have already purchased the tickets and everything everything is ready so i i cannot just cancel this trip so we pushed on the trip for two weeks i was in japan and when we came back i needed you know have you know that weird feeling when you're having a vacation and then after the vacation you need another two weeks of rest <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like an extended vacation that that happened to me so for two weeks i cannot just do anything and I know uh, my I know that it's something that my body has gotten used to so I need to just take that break and after that I was working continuously for 
three months. So the four month, four month uh, timeline has shortened into three month right. <laughs> timeline. And I was working every day, even on weekends and until 4 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning and everything went well. And so, I was still, a, a, yeah. Somebody asked if you got like normal, would get a, got an advance on your book. Lorenzo. Yeah. Yes. So just yes. normal, how did you know about contracts? Um, I mean, obviously you de dealt with that some in the past, I would think, right? But mm -hmm. so it, I think this is a hard thing to kind of manage and it's hard to be really savvy at it. Do you think that that helped you just applying for the different scrapbook stores to uh, sell? So you got savvy about it in with that other kind of avenue? Um, it, it's different because when I when I got the book deal and I saw the contract, I, I know that I know nothing about these kind of contract. Right. So what I did was I contacted an art agent whom I know from many other <laughs> communities. I've been with uh, Make Art That Sells communities yeah, and yeah. then the other art communities on Facebook. And then I contacted um, an, an art agent. She is Jennifer Nelson. Mm -hmm. So Jennifer Nelson Artists is her agency. So <laughs> what she, I, I hired her for an, for an hour just to help me review the contract and everything. And after that, she, she gave it back to me and said, you have to change this and that. These terms need to be like this and that. You have to be paid separately for the book cover. It's not part of the advance. So those kinds of things. And, you know, and ask for more. <laughs> she said, ask for more because you are not going to accept any client during that period right. that you're working in the book. No client at all. So you're just going to be working for them. So get more. And so, <laughs> sometimes when it's your first and they know it's your first, they know you're know. So they might be trying to take advantage to some extent, or they just may to say, some. oh, well, you're new. We're going to just try you out because you're new, right? Yeah. To some, yeah. And then she said, she also said, ask for a higher royalty percentage. Mm. percentage. So we were able to raise the royalty to uh, 2% more. <laughs> and um, I was able to close the deal to a five-figure deal. So, so that this, was with you. This is with a little bit of an investment. Uh, Jennifer was not your agent, right? She was no, just, not my. You kind of rented her for her advice. I for she an hour. she offers services on her website, and I just signed up for that. I think it was about it's less than two hundred, one hundred and seventy-five. I think for so one hundred and seventy-five dollars, I got more. <laughs> right, totally worth it. Right, but it was about investing and doing the research because you knew, yeah, and asking. And I think being part of Lilla Rogers, the making art that sells, um, mm -hmm. I'll put all these um, communities. It, it's a, there's courses you can take, but it's also a community as well. Yes, so, I took the make art that sells all the courses. <laughs> so I be, but I haven't finished, but, um, and they break it up into like the yes. A and the B. Now they've kind of switched it. So there's just one thing. Yes, so, there's so much of things. Right. So Sin has a question. Did licensing come before publishing and the art agent? So, uh, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So because you had done licensing of other products, mm -hmm. right? Other artwork, not products, but artwork. Okay. 
Good to know. So you yes. were kind of familiar with how this, that part of the industry or an industry like that works. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I know that, um, when, I know it when I don't know something and I like it when I'm learning. So uh, I just, I, I know about licensing and that you have, when you license a product, this and that should apply and the limitations that, that the mm-hmm. client have and that the, your ownership, your rights to the artwork, I know such things, but the book deal was different. It's, mm. it's not just licensing. Right. It involves royalty, which I don't know about. Right. I know nothing about it at the time. So it helped me a lot. It helped me understand. And even with books and research materials that I had, those weren't enough. I simply have to, to you know, talk to someone who knows mm-hmm. the industry and who knows how how, how these kinds of payments go mm-hmm. and i i don't know it's yeah it's just nice <laughs> is mini lu a american company or is it yeah or they, okay so they're in america a lot of a lot of your customer or a lot of your stores that you were in they were yes. American company american right yes <laughs> so it, what time <laughs> is it on thursday for you right now now it's 10.40 a.m. Okay, so so it's almost 12 hours, not quite for uh, some of yeah. us. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to um, jump a little forward. So I think you have a really good business um, acumen. I think you're a great businesswoman. Well, how else have you developed your skills as an entrepreneur? We've been talking about some of that. And some of, I think a lot mm-hmm. of it comes back to community and asking questions and not worrying about feeling like you don't know what you're doing, that you're <laughs> asking questions, which I love that. But as a, how have you developed your skills as an entrepreneur and grown your business so that you can reach more clients? Because Pinterest, I mean, that's a huge client or American crafts or, I mean, Marie Claire, I mean, so many big and I think you know sometimes we have this like oh if I could just get some bigger clients and and I think mm-hmm. you work to that but you also have to have that kind of sap business savvy um to know what to do and how to you know deal with all the contract stuff how what kind of what have you done or classes you've take or taken or or communities that you've been a part of that have helped you with that yeah, I, I took the maths even before I discovered hand lettering. <laughs> oh, wow. I was, yeah, I, I was already part of that art community. But other, with, with hand lettering, I got more clients by consistently practicing, doing mm. personal projects, and learning, really learning from other people. So I always, um, you know, uh, when, when, when I just hang on, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, I find opportunities by, you know, showing consistent, showing my consistent work. So that that always really helped. When I was in scrapbooking, I I was chasing store owners, Mm. applying to be part of the store, applying to be a seller as a designer in the store. But with hand lettering, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. So I, I wanted to kind of attract clients better. So what I did was I put up consistent work. I would share every day. And uh, there was this kind of, because I have two types of audience. I have my followers and then I have my clients following me. Mm -hmm. So the clients, they like the digital work. Mm -hmm. They will always show me what type of work I did. And that's why I knew. 
they like these digital versions of my black and white versions. Mm-hmm. And my audience, they like the black and white versions. So I have crazy engagements on the black and white work that I share. I mean, like, I don't have, I'm not big on social media, but in terms of engagement, that was really high for me, at least for me. Mm-hmm. So, and whenever I would put up um, digital work, there will be clients coming in. So uh, for me, it's just the constant balance of sharing what your clients need to see mm-hmm. so you can attract them and what your audience wants to see so you can still stay connected with the community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's, yeah. that's, that, that has worked well for me and, and um, it has always been my, my passion to share my story. I never really shy about, shy about sharing my story because that's, that's really who I am. And mm-hmm. that, that was really what happened. And I started like that. So who, who cares if, if somebody finds it? Because I know other people might find it, find it a little bit too much sharing about my son. Mm. But it, that was really it. So <laughs> I just share my experiences and hopefully inspire it inspires people and motivate them to just stand up and move mm-hmm. on. And it, it wakes them up from these dreadful kind of negative emotions that they are currently having. Mm-hmm. I, I have received tons of messages from people thanking me for simply posting something. And mm-hmm. that is heartwarming. And it's so very lovely to hear from those people because you know that you have touched someone else's life and it's kind of a huge deal for me (laughs) oh yeah it definitely is so um i think i think that would probably be a huge deal either way but i think just because so much came from the community you're so glad to give back i think yeah (laughs) Um, yes so when you're talking about black and white digital work the work that i showed is all by hand Right. Yes, showed. So when you're talking about digital work, they are the colored versions mostly. Okay. Okay. So so let me share this one. I'm going to share the the background of. So this is the uh, the newer book, and yeah. Um. So then you have all your tracing paper and paper stuff right yes and all then, the sketches are in there <laughs> right and so <laughs> um and i'm going to share this link for this for the book as well so going back to just developing those entrepreneurial skills was it just trial and error uh, were you reading business books or were you just um it, was it just luck in terms of business skills i think it was, I was highly influenced by where I was brought up. I, like I told you earlier, I, I, was, I grew up in a family of, uh, with business. We own bakery. So at uh, an early age, I, I already learned how to provide great customer service. Mm-hmm. And I take pride in it. <laughs> I take pride in it. So even, even up to now, I value, I highly value my customers and that, um, that is that has kind of helped me shape how I view the business side of things mm-hmm. and and then I also enrolled myself in different courses like I enrolled in math I, I took all of the courses that I can take and I try to learn 
as much as I can from everybody. Mm-hmm. Because to me, the best, when you learn from somebody, even, even now that I know how to hand letter, I still, I still look at um, courses in Skillshare of other hand lettering artists. And mm-hmm. even if it's just very, very small, and I learned something from it, it's very, very valuable for me. And that is the best experience that I get from, from all of those learning. It humbles me to know that I don't know everything and that even a small thing is a big thing if you don't know it. Right. So. Right. All right. So you also have courses that you offer. Um, and I was on something and it was a ton. I saw a ton of your courses, but now I can't find them at all. So I don't know where I went uh, earlier. I, I changed my website, I think about last August and I'm going to have an online course uh, by end of the month. Maybe it's just, <laughs> you have, you, there's a ton of um, resources for sure um, for people that, that are free. Um, free things for people to do. Maybe this is what it is. Okay. It was in the blog. I'm going to share this real quick. So maybe you can kind of talk us through um, some of the things that are part of the blog. Hang on a second. Um, Because to me, uh, so there's tons of lettering things, right? But I also, Mm -hmm. I would love to take a class from you that was about getting these bigger clients and getting seen and, and uh, just the business side, I think. So, I love that you have a lettering lowercase i's and j's. So it's just that, mm-hmm. right? And so it's about the tittles. Um, and then uh, lots of lettering tutorials. And and then you have this free e-course, right? Yes, I have the free uh, e- uh, book, uh, e-course. And I teach how to hand letter in the, the alphabet itself. So it's individually because like I said, um, it came from, from where I started. Mm-hmm. That was my beginning. That course was how I was mm-hmm. discovered by clients. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to share it to the world and I wanted to share it to, to everybody who wanted to learn lettering and maybe make a living out of it. And that will be really a huge deal for me. If, if someone, I don't need a lot, but if someone will be successful because they've taken my course or they've taken some of uh, the materials that I was that I'm teaching, yeah, I would be really, really very grateful for that. Right. Okay. So, um, and since he he would love to take um, one of your courses as well, <laughs> gives you some love. He or she, I'm not sure what. Uh, sorry, you have to tell me. Um, all right. So. This is one of the things because it seems like you're you are pushing your style. You do def- different things all the time. I still think you l- enjoy doing things by hand. Do you also yes, work I- digitally? Yeah, okay. I use Adobe Photoshop and Illustrator. And now that I have an iPad, from time to time, I try the Procreate too. Mm-hmm. But I still love the the traditional way, the yeah. pen and paper. Right. <laughs> well, you got to give Faber Castell some ink, right? Right. <laughs> they gave so, me a time. <laughs> so, so how do you keep your? Uh, and I think you kind of alluded to this. Um, keeping up with a level of production, it's about practice, and it's about yes, it time, is about practice, right? Um, so, how do you? Um, not just productivity. I mean, being productive means that you're able to do things faster and mm-hmm. uh, you're more efficient, but 
but then how do you, how do you get to a growth stage? And like, where have you seen the last stage of growth for you? What have you tried? And is, is there some way we can kind of um, funnel that down so that you could give us a piece of advice of how we could do that in our lives? Um, I think that was when I did the book because I was doing a lot of things for the book, lots of um, mm. alphabet, lots of quotes and phrases and words and styles. Mm -hmm. So that helped push me mm -hmm. to try and learn so many different things in mm -hmm. a very short span of time. And I was able to do it. So after I did and finished the book, I tried all of those styles again. And it has helped me discover a couple of things that I know I, I didn't know I was capable of doing like yeah and I also like I said learning from everybody the ampersand that you showed earlier with mm -hmm. all of those florals oh, I learned cool. that from I learned that from Gemma Bryan's illustrated lettering technique in Skillshare so that was a product of a learning from somebody mm. I never knew I would be able to do that really <laughs> oh, but um, it's incredible it's I'm gonna pull it up so people can see and it's a ampersand that's made of all different flowers and leaves and if you're listening and you can't see it's black and white and just mm -hmm. uh daisy uh a lot of other leaves maybe a dahlia i don't know there's just in there's so much texture printmaker would love this i think you know to it feels like a, a print so there's a lot of line um, showing depth so it's not real flat uh, if you're yeah. looking at your I have a letterpress version of that <laughs> mm, I would yeah. that's that's amazing okay yeah. so so uh, oh we got a hang on we got another um, I would love that on the a t-shirt uh, oh, wow. yes absolutely okay so um, any new tools or techniques that you've recently fallen in love with and how often are you trying something new I, I don't try doing something new a lot of times. Sometimes it just naturally happens. Like uh, whenever I, when I did the book and learned, mm -hmm. I learned a couple of new styles and then I enroll, I don't typically enroll in a lot of classes, but most of the time I do it when on my downtime. Mm -hmm. So when I have uh, time to, to, to learn, I, I make sure that I learn something new mm -hmm. that will be kind of supporting what I currently know and not really something totally new that I would have to invest time, a lot of time in learning. And in the end, it's not going to be helpful with what I'm doing anyway. So I also choose what courses I would have to take and, <clears throat> and then just do it. I like diving into things, even if I know it's scary. I like trying things out and, uh, but, yeah, but of course, with all of this understanding that everything that you are trying to do should also be aligned to what your vision is, what your goal is, and yeah, just learning all of those things. Being aware of where you want to go is important so that you know that what you're doing now would be part of, of everything that you have to do just to be able to reach and achieve that particular goal. Right. Okay. So... How have you been able to, or how were you able to find new opportunities um, in different industries? So starting out in uh, the craft or 
scrapbook industry, which is, I also think of this, the craft industry, Mm -hmm. I guess the craft industry is a broader uh, part of it. Yeah. But you've really kind of, I mean, you've broken out of that. You're in the design industry, you're in advertising, you're, I mean, there's lots of other things that you're doing. (laughs) So how, how would you suggest somebody else? Like, is it just about producing consistent work and uh, pushing yourself and being able to to be able to present a, a series, multiple series uh, pieces in a certain style? I think it's also, it also has a lot to do about, you know, niching down. When I was in scrapbooking, I was focused on scrapbooking. And then came lettering. I had to somehow let go of my scrapbook designing and just focus on lettering. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this is typically the something that people don't, don't really understand, don't want to let go. They, they thought that niching down, you are limiting yourself to just a handful of people. But the, thing, the good thing about niching down is you are focusing on one thing or, and you are getting known for one thing. Mm-hmm. And, and when, when people knows, know, know, know about you, they would love to see more of your work and they would love to refer you to somebody because they know about the work. They know that it was you who did it. And it's not really about the, the number of things that you can do, but it's more about how valuable it is, the work that you do mm-hmm. is for, for, for the community and for, for your clients. Well, and I think being known for something is much better than being not known. You know, the, people yeah. aren't going to say, oh, well, so-and-so is a designer but they need to know what you can design or what you can illustrate and how you illustrate. And so I feel like certain styles, it's really, it is really important. And I think you change, we adjust, but I think just like how you pick your classes that you're going to take, you're like, okay, I'm not Mm going to just completely do something out of the, out of the blue. I'm going to choose something that's still with, within my style. Uh, Maybe it's black and white. Maybe it has the detail, but it's going to be pushing you because now you're using flowers in this ampersand. It's still an ampersand. It's still lettering, but it's in a new way. So it's still kind of in the range, but it allows you to stretch. But then really being known for that thing allows you to get more work in that thing because there's trust developed from that, from you or you have trust and that company who's hiring you isn't hiring you to try something new. They're hiring you because of something you've already done. Yes, that's, that's very true. So um, what does a normal week look like for you? A normal week? Well, Mondays, as much as everybody hates it, it's the day of the week that I love the most because it's the, it's the day when I get to, you know, implement or execute on the tasks that I have scheduled for myself from, from Friday of last week. So uh, typically my Mondays are my execution days, the start of the execution days. And Fridays, there's my, it's my scheduling day. Weekends are hands off for the, <laughs> for the kids. As much as possible, if I can avoid, I try not to work on weekend because it's very important to me to just stay home and be with the kids. I have tried working and it's not effective so. Why, why, why even bother? Uh, just focus on the children and the family during the time. So I, I guess I have learned that with over the years of doing this particular thing and mm-hmm. it worked for me. So work is work. When it's time to work, I tell my kids that I cannot be bothered. 
So if they have something to tell me, they would have to wait until I come out of the room and then we'll talk about it. And it's, it, it's funny because the girls, they love sharing stories about the, their days. So they are kind of interruptions that I love having, that I appreciate, that I'm getting. Because when you're working from home, there, you will get a lot of interruptions, even if you're working and even if you tell them not to, to bother you because you're working, <laughs> they will still come and talk to you about their day and boys. <laughs> you know, I have right. teenagers. So they talk about boys some of the time. And then there's Alphonse. So Alphonse, there are times he won't eat when I'm not the one giving him his food. He won't, he won't eat that. And then there will be times that he would cry as loud as he can. Just so I would come out and give him some cuddles and he will be happy after that. <laughs> so those are little things, but they're kind of a big deal to me. So even if I'm working i have to go out and just be with them it's just a couple of minutes anyway so right. it's not too much to ask so like the 4 a.m stuff is that because of the time difference so that you can be on emails and stuff with clients at, during business hours in america or is that uh, just because you're a night owl i'm a night owl <laughs> <laughs> i used to start my day at 5 a.m so I would wake up at 5 a.m. That was prior to having help around the house. But now, because Alphonse co-sleeps with us, he never sleeps early. Mm -hmm. So he'd be up until about 1 or 1 a.m., 12, something like that. So if I wake up at 5, I'm going to be a little cranky. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't be able to function well. But before, it, it's different when you're a night owl and if you're an early riser, I, I think I worked better when I was waking up early than I was being a night owl. But yeah, just, I just adjust as mm -hmm. things happen, you know, kind of played by, played by ear because there's really no one size fits to solution to being a mother and running a business. No, exactly. <laughs> you just learn and you adjust. So whenever Alphonse is having late nights, then I would sleep in and and our helper already knows that. Mm -hmm. And she'd just take care of the girls in the morning and I'll be, when they get back home in the afternoon, they will come to me immediately to the room and talk about their day. So that's, that's kind of our situation right now. And so being able to juggle um, and yes. being able to be flexible, um, I think you really do have a good boundaries, I think, for your kids. So you tell them, uh, it's not just, you know, come get me, come get me, come get me. They're really mm -hmm. respecting you. The door is closed. Don't interrupt. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you want some interruptions and you understand there will be some, but there's um, a good, healthy kind of relationship there mm -hmm. that the kids have with you as well. So um, why was freelancing? We kind of talked about this. I know you can be succinct because I know we're about out of time. But why was freelancing so critical to your sanity and the lettering and just building? Because it's not just doing the freelance. You've actually created mm -hmm. a ton of resources that will help other people. It's, it's just like having a blog and sharing, sharing uh, your story. Why, why is giving back so critical to and, and having a freelance business so helpful to you as, as a mom? 
for me that that was my healing process mm. so i was in a very difficult situation at the time and when i found lettering and i saw how much people loved it mm. i just want to extend the happiness that i was feeling finally getting back on my feet again and doing the things that i love doing so mm. be- be- before before lettering i was really in a you know the all of the emotions that are trying to eat you up inside it's mm. crazy but after finding hand lettering i don't wake up anymore because i'm just i just i have to wake up because that is my obligation i have to do things for the kids and i have responsibility i wake up because i have something new to look forward to not just mm. all of those daily tasks and the task of being a mother has become lighter you know and that overused cliche you can't give what you don't have totally made sense to me yeah because when i found myself all over again it's like a new day and i felt never felt so alive and i i the love that i was able to give my family back when i started loving myself again was different mm. and that's why freelancing and having this creative business was my the, the very thing that keeps me saying <laughs> mm. and not thinking about any of it anymore so our, our normal has changed but now it has gotten back to that different normal but still normal <laughs> mm-hmm. well and it, it you haven't lost yourself you uh, you were able to renegotiate time with yourself but i don't know had you not had that um journey had you you may not have found leather lettering like you had found lettering you know mm-hmm. and and i i just i love love that part because that's just it was seen as an obstacle you were very missing the creative and and <clears throat> you just did with what you had so um I, uh sin wants to ask a question so what would you do like to do next with your lettering fabric patterns baby clothes lettering for children's toys for hand lettering i want to expand more on the commercial side of things so editorials maybe mm-hmm. and more book covers mm-hmm. and um what others maybe posters for movies and such so mm-hmm. i have those kinds of um of dreams but i don't know if it's going to happen yet but what i do is what i do is this this, this is kind of funny so like i wanted to do uh a couple of months ago i wanted to do book product, book covers a lot of book covers mm-hmm. and then <laughs> because I, i i know that i need to attract publishers mm-hmm. i put out a lot of um digitized artwork so you know all of the digital versions of my black and white i put it up on my instagram and then two weeks ago two weeks ago yeah i got a new client i, I was able to book a new client for for book covers and chapter openers and it was huge and they they they're famous publisher in the US that's awesome yeah <laughs> showing work right yes showing what you want to do people talk about that all the time but so often we go with what we're safe or what we don't put it up because it may be new so you put up something that you wanted to do and then uh, and you've been putting up stuff like that and then two weeks ago you were contacted so it's again yes. not giving up right continuing to put uh put up work like that. So I think that's awesome. Yes. And I knew about it because I she she 
the, 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 the person, my contact, she sent me all of the digital files that I had shared and told me, uh, I like this kind of style. This particular style would be nice. And I said, oh, I just put those up a couple of weeks ago <laughs> and they found it. And it, it, that's, that was the kind of thing. I mean, Instagram engagement mm -hmm. is amazing because you're able to connect with people and humanize yourself and tell everybody that you're real and that, you know, and it, it gets more connection with with your community however engagement in itself doesn't give you the job mm -hmm. the digitized artwork they are the ones giving me more of the jobs so i like to keep my portfolio balanced and not clashing it's like balance so i don't try and clash all of all of the things so if you will see from my instagram you'll see just little bits of pictures of with me working but there are also there are lots of black and white mm -hmm. for connectivity with my audience because that's what they like and then there's digitized artwork which are meant for clients to see and get support from <laughs> right that's, right you're trying to paint the pic picture of what you can do and and show them regularly okay yes. so um what advice would you give your younger self and i think um uh, oh, Jeremy said, even in the food industry, he thinks that your work could be amazing. Think about all the labels out there that need sprucing. Yeah, up. I, yeah, labels. I want to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would what would you tell your younger self? Or, I mean, I feel like you have had a great attitude. I mean, is it in that really kind of lonely time that you would talk to yourself, or or is it in a a time another time? I talk to myself every day. <laughs> <laughs> but like if you could go back in, if you could go back, if can in go back in time. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I can go back in time, I would tell myself not to be scared mm -hmm. and pursue whatever it is great whatever creative ende endeavor that uh, you want to pursue because despite of all the things that is about to come your way, you will get through it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just be strong, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so, my, do you think um, with the Instagram? So, obviously, you have your website, which is my Delion. Delion yeah. So, D E L E O N um, mm -hmm. dot com. Do you think that people are, are going, you know, uh, clients are going from there to your uh, website? Or do you, are you using hashtags really well in Instagram? Is there anything kind of tips you could give us just about, because sometimes it's just about getting found, right? Yes. I, I get 90% of my clients from Instagram. So, okay. so that's, that's your main lead. Huge deal for me. Yeah. Yes, that is my main lead. And then they jump into my website because I have a link there. Mm -hmm. And then hashtags. So in terms of hashtags, I have a couple of different hashtags that I have already grouped because Instagram has been constantly changing. Mm -hmm. And now when you, you, when you keep using the same hash, hashtags over and over, I think they will penalize you. So, you. <laughs> so, so I try to change them every day or, or because I, I don't post as regularly as I did before. Now I just post once or twice a week because I've been working on the online course. Mm -hmm. So I still use hashtags consistently. And when I have products that I use in the picture, I try to tag the manufacturers mm. 
like uh, you'll find that most in my pictures even the nail polish that i use i tag them <laughs> yeah, yeah i tag the brands because you'll never know what work is going to come your way and the funny thing was i i used to tag casho because i had a casho watch and there was another watch company who saw it and then they collaborated with me for another job so they paid me for for pic just posting pictures and so even pictures so my artwork yeah. You might think are insignificant, right? Because it doesn't. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? Right. Yes. Just, so, how many hashtags do you think you're using on a regular post? They or say you you can you can post an average of thirty. Mm -hmm. I, I think up to thirty, not average, up to thirty. But I I don't do them in the in the actual post unless it's a video. Mm -hmm. But if it's a photo, I post the hashtags in the comments. Okay. So most and it's not just that so when you say when you have this like you have a roomy quote mm -hmm. so you will you will you i'm gonna use hashtags lettering related and then motivational phrase hash, hashtags and then roomy quote hash hashtags mm -hmm. and it's it it has to balance you need to have that balance Mm -hmm. Using using hashtags that have a million or more followers, your your work is just going to be right. buried under underneath uh, all of those new work that's flowing in. So you have to keep a balance of uh, a huge hashtag community, and then there's this just about ten thousand people, and th that's the magic number to me. The ten thousand above, and then the, I will have one million and hashtags with just. 300,000 hashtags with 100,000. I listed them all down and I studied, uh, I studied how they are related and classify them. Is this motivational quotes? Is this business related or something like that? So you will see that in all of my posts, how my hashtags are different. I love that. that so that's super helpful. And I love that you're putting your watch and then you get from another watch company because they're <laughs> yes. watching their competitors, right? It is true, yes. So, my thank you so much. I'm going to make sure everybody knows how to get to you. So, first, you can, um, I'm going to put it in the chat, but if you are listening to us, you obviously can't see the chat, but it will be underneath the video on YouTube and it will also be in the, um, in the notes on iTunes or wherever you get, you get your podcast. So, my De Leon, I, I, <laughs> in Georgia, there's a Ponce de Leon. That's how we call it. So that's terrible. I know. But so it's D. It's not. It's not. It's about right. <laughs> M-Y-E-D-E-L-E-O-N.com. Yeah. And then um, on Instagram, that is exactly just her name, uh, is my De Leon. De D-E-L-E-O-N. <laughs> my De Leon, yes. Yes. And then on um, hand, you, your hand lettering book is um, it's a bit like a bitly bit dot ly slash m y e lettering, and so then that's her uh, mastering hand lettering book, which I hope you guys will pick up. And then the free lettering course, which is on her website, um, uh, m y e d e l e o n dot com slash free hyphen course. And then on Facebook. So Facebook and Instagram are two really big communities where, and mine's really done a great job. At, she, I've met her through another lettering illustrator, Scotty Russell, 
and you're Gunny. really active there as well. So I am uh, so, so thankful that you really do believe in community. And I'm really, I'm really thankful that you are willing to share your story. I know sometimes different cultures, it's not as um, people in Britain don't share as much as we do in America, <laughs> right? So I'm really thankful you. It's gutsy, right? Yeah, and thank you for having me, of course. This is such an amazing opportunity for me. Thank you, thank you so much. Well, I'm super thankful, and I can't wait to maybe do another one. Just to let you guys know, next week we have Angela Navarra back on. She's also an, she's an illustrator. Um, she's also a mom, and she juggles. She doesn't have to juggle quite as much as my. <laughs> but um, she is, this is a part two for her. She had kind of talked about getting work and doing some of those things. So we're going to dig into a few more things with Angela next week. Regular time, it'll be 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. So it'll be in the middle of the night for you. <laughs> well, you'll be up, so it won't matter, right? <laughs> I'm just playing. Hopefully you get some more <laughs> I really appreciate my, we'll just have to do it again. We'll have to do another night. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's it's really nice, and I think it's really nice for people to be able to um, uh, touch you, right, and ask questions and just see how uh, warm and wonderful you are and how willing you are to share with us your um, story, the your hero's journey, I think, right, that struggle, <laughs> and finding finding your love of lettering, so... Thank you thank so much. Thank you, and thank you to all those who came to listen and watch us. Absolutely. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you next week. You can always catch me on at Design Recharge on Twitter or Instagram, and you can always catch more other episodes at rechargingyou.com. We'll see you next time.